welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connie to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week, we're discussing the epilogue of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and we're also giving our views on Pokemon Concierge. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. Connie, how are you feeling this week? You feeling better? Uh, better than I was. <laughs> immediately start coughing up yeah i'm still suffering but uh i'm out and about again i can still i can move again uh, i did get checked it wasn't covid which we Woo! were very happy to see um it's just going around at the moment all of my mates kind of have it my family had it it's just what it is okay okay you better be better when you come up and visit by the way I don't want to get ill. I can't get ill. <laughs> I might have to wear a mask. <laughs> I hope it should be fine. He is hoping. That's what, what, so, yeah, so Con is coming up north um, to see some friends, and um, he's, he's coming along to see me as well, so I, I'm guessing that means I'm, I'm one of your friends now. Oh, you, you, oh. So, you should hope so after this long of working together. <laughs> no, Pokemon friend. Well, yeah, but it's like it's like when you work with somebody. At what point do they move from colleague to friend? The thing is, I don't think you can do this kind of work and just be colleagues. I don't think it works yeah. like that. No, I, I agree. You need to have at least a, a, a foundation of friendship, don't you? Mm. And we work podcast, together. Especially. Yes, definitely. We'd work together anyway on a series and we kind of knew one another anyway we, we've discussed this before on the, on, on the podcast like um so yeah we're, we're officially friends so you're gonna come up we're gonna spend some time together we're gonna have a laugh gonna have some food i i want to go the same place we went last time i just want that cheesecake again because it was like oh it was oh, gorgeous <laughs> well, we spent four hours until they kick us out just talking about pokemon talking <laughs> i know right you think we go on fantastic. for a long time here we do not shut up when we're actually in the same we room didn't. together no we didn't i love how as well we try to like avoid the topic of, of work quote unquote and talk about a variety of other things and they just like it's, it's just what we have mindsets. in common yes it's what brings but it's one of the things that i think we both love about pokemon is the fact it can it brings people together no matter you like your background your age you know your gaming history it it just brings you together it's it's absolutely just just fantastic should we jump into the first uh, question that we've had this week? Oh, yes. Questions. Let's go. Thrive, who was asked, do you think Switch 2 will be called the Nintendo Switch 2? And do you think it will be available this September? This question comes on the back of some leaks that I have seen a tiny bit of. Uh, end of last week, I think, off the top of my head. Um... That's about all I know. So I don't know what the... Uh, so I'm guessing the leak suggested around September. Um, one of the things I did see about the leak is apparently... And this, and I'm, I'm, I kind of hope this is the case because this is something I predicted a long time ago. This, it is potentially dual screen. Now. How does that work as a switch? Well, the way I think... What do you mean how it works as a switch, like docking and undocking? Yeah, how do you take two screens and put it up on my TV? Hmm. 
it might be, and the only way I could see this working is it's not so much a dual screen as it is a, you know, modern phones now are like flip phones where there's like mm. a seamless curve. That's the only thing I can think is where they're trying to maybe minimize the size so it becomes more of a pocket edition. So it's kind of like, here's the Switch, but it's smaller, better battery life, better process and te- processes and technology, but it can now fit in your pocket. So in, instead of it just being like, Ooh, around the house and maybe if you want to take it out you have to package it up it is literally just foldable you put it in your, your thing and you're out and about so i don't think that will be the case simply because of the cost oh if you yeah, think how much those foldable phones cost like you're talking about a thousand pounds for a switch which is you know people are saying it's on par with like the ps3 ps4 when that came out it was ridiculous which again if it's going it. to be the same kind of size as the switch Great, mm-hmm. fantastic. I don't expect this. Right, so th- another Switch coming out, people are going to expect it to compete with A, the Steam Deck, B, the um, Asus ROG portable, whatever yeah. it's called. And you know, and, and, and as well, sorry, just it still has to compete with the original Switch as well. And I know the original by Switch. the same company, but we've seen multiple times that when a new console comes out, it takes a while for the momentum to build because a, game, a new console comes out. The games there aren't many games that come out. The games don't take full advantage of the you know what the console can do because the developers are still getting used to it. People maybe don't want to jump on board from a social element of well, all my friends are still playing the games on the current console, so why do I want to jump to the next generation? Um, so yeah, there's there's multiple competitors. So there are, but I mean. The difference is that, you know, you've got the ROG Ally, which is probably the most powerful portable handheld gaming computer at the moment. But it doesn't have the Nintendo library. Mm-hmm. Unless you're emulating, which you do you. But it doesn't officially have the Nintendo library. So on that note, the Switch is always going to be more more desirable to some people. Mm-hmm. I think really they need to hit a 300 400 pound 450 absolute maximum price 450 mm. and i don't think you'll get a folding screen for 450 it's not happening no. i don't think it, <coughs> sorry i don't think you're going to have super crazy specs for 450 i think it'll be good i think it'll be better than switch but the switch is Agreed. nothing really well the, the switch is switch is the so switch isn't as powerful you- as my phone no, it's really? running, like, people don't realize, like, how, like, when the Switch came out, the technology it was built on was old at that point. Yeah. It's, it's been due an upgrade for a long time, and the fact, the, the, the fact that some developers can get the quality out of the Switch that we get is astounding. And, and yet Game Freak, you know, <laughs> Game Freak does Game Freak. Um, Game Freak does Game Freak. But... Do I think it will be called the Switch 2? They've never really done a 2 title before. <laughs> it's just not they, a no, they thing ne- Nintendo they does. They never have the Super Nintendo you know, Switch. The closest we got was the Super Nintendo. Yeah. So, so I, I could. I, I don't think they'll call it the Switch 2. I think you're absolutely right. So it, it's it just def- They've never done that, like you say. We, actually, the other one that we had that came closest to that was the Wii U. Wii U. And we saw we what also happened, how that whole, went. 
it, it went terribly because people were confused and just thought it was just like an upgrade or a, an adapter for an it. So people didn't go, yeah. yeah, people didn't go out and bite. Um, Which is a shame because the Wii U was actually a fantastic console. Yeah, with I remember some of the best playing, games the Nintendo has ever had. Yeah, there's a reason why you know when the Switch came out, they ported a load of those games because it was like, well, it's, it's cheap and easy to pump out to re-release games on the console, but also it was the fact that well, not many people bought them on the on the Wii U, and therefore we can sell them and make even more money on the Switch. Anyway, um, with the Switch Two. I could I I could see Switch 2 as a name simply because it it emphasizes no this is an upgrade it cements them as no we are a serious gaming competitor which I don't think the the Switch has kind of moved away from that generational cycle of you know within a year's time span you usually got you got GameCube you got PS3 and you got Xbox 360 and then uh, no, PS2, GameCube. No? Yeah, PS2, GameCube, Xbox, then Xbox 360, PS3, Wii. the Wii, and then, and then after that, the cycle just, the generational cycle kind of broke, you know, you know, Nintendo just kind of broke away from that and did their own thing. Switch 2 could also be used for marketing purposes, like Switch 2 was, Switch 2, the latest console, but... All that being said, I just don't see them. I they'll come up with something else. I think. But saying that, the Switch is the console I play the most of, mainly because of its functionality of you know dock, undock, being able to take it away. The fact that you know a lot of the games can be played with a sideways controller, which means it's really easy for children, for example, and people that don't typically play games and you just go here it is all you need to worry about is left and right up and down and a you know a couple of buttons makes it a lot easier for people to play i think that do i think it'll be available in september um i don't know enough about this to say that i think that it wouldn't surprise me if we do get something this year though because the switch has been out for quite some time and i think okay, it is well, due flip the question around then yeah if a Switch 2 gets announced for September release. Mm -hmm. Do you think a Pokemon game coming out in November will be on the Switch 2? No. And we kind of touched on this last week after... I think it was after the, we, we finished uh, recording that when Game Freak's history is that whenever a new console comes out, the next Pokemon game, mainline Pokemon game, typically releases on the last generation's hardware. Uh, the main reason with that, I think, is A, the developers are comfortable with that. So they go, okay, this is our last game. We know the insides and outs. Let's get this game out on something that we we understand. But then also, you've also got, you know, if Game Freak announce a game and it's a case of, okay, this is, you know, uh, it either comes out on the Switch or it comes out on the Switch 2. The problem with the Switch 2, you haven't got much of a user base. You haven't got very many people. Don't get me wrong, that game will still sell well and it will still sell well over time. But the problem you've got with that is if you bring out a Pokemon game every single year, people that then buy a Switch the following year or two years after or three years after that Switch to, are they going to go back and buy the first Pokemon game that came out? Maybe not. If they only want one every now and again, they might just go, well, I'll just, I'll just get the latest Pokemon game. I think that 
releasing the latest Pokemon game on a Switch console, a second Switch console, whatever it might be, I think it wouldn't... I think they would look at the sales and go, no, we're not getting the sales from releasing on this console this early, and therefore let's release on the original Switch, with maybe the option to at some point bring it to the Switch to via a digital library. So here's the other thought as well. So with a Switch 2, I think it really needs to be backwards compatible. Oh, definitely. The yeah. amount of people who have a Switch currently, it makes the Switch 2 that much more sellable if it's backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something Nintendo were good at for a long while, and then it kind of just disappeared, which is a shame. But the Switch library is massive. It's one of the best-selling consoles ever. I think they do well to capitalize on it. And I think it'd be easier to adopt a new console if it was if I could play all my own ga- old games, but at better specs. Agreed. So I could get, yeah. I could play it at 1080p, 4K, undocked. Yeah. You know, all, all the games you already own, you can now play in 4K at undocked. Perfect. Oh, and they're all 60 FPS. Like, locked. Perfect. I, I think that would be a good selling point. On a similar note, it, it, I don't think it'll happen. But could you, could you, sorry, I'm so sorry. It's all right. Could you imagine a world where they released, like, we got a third version of Scarlet and Violet for the Switch 2. So we know that yeah. when Pokemon move on to new consoles, they don't like to use brand new games because they want something that's comfortable. They want, they want a mm. testing ground, effectively. Yeah. So if they could release a third, oh my god, I'm dying so badly. If they could release a third version of Scarlet and Violet that worked perfectly, like actually just worked because the hardware was better and could actually run it. Um, the graphics were slightly upgraded, was still backwards compatible, so you could still get like home's going to be a whole issue, but you could even have people from Scarlet and Violet come into your world and you could go into theirs. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could only work one way. Like people from Scarlet and Violet could play in your world, but you couldn't play in theirs. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> could you see a world where that happened? Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. I will talk for a little bit. Do I, do I, mm, do I see a, a version of that happening? It's never been done in that way before. Obviously, we have had third um, versions of Pokemon games, but they're always on the same console um, as the as the base games. However, I could see Game Freak doing it from a monetary and ease of development perspective of, oh, if we can carry over the base code to this new console... And we can then tweak and adapt and, you know, play around with it. It means that they get to maximize on development time. Because, okay, we've not got to build a game from scratch. We've just got to basically upscale, up-res, improve functionality, improve the graphics, improve the frame drops, you know, fix a load of the issues that should have been fixed in the base game on release. Um, but then they get to package it at, you know... 60 pounds whatever it is in in you know equivalents elsewhere and include 
DLC as well, I think that might make a few people buy. Now, the question is then, do they just go, no, it's basically the same game, but everything's included, or do they do what they haven't done in quite a while of, this is a retelling. It allows us to fix some of the bugs, so like Emerald and Platinum, you know, they change things around and introduce new things. I think from a from a sales perspective, I think you've got two audiences there, and I think the audience, I think the majority of the people would want something different. I personally, if they went, okay, Switch Two is out. By the way, an improved version of Scarlet and Violet, like I wouldn't be that fussed about buying it. I, I I don't see the point in buying that. If they, however, they were like, no, this is a reimagining, a retelling, and we've fixed a load of things and also tweaked things then suddenly if that gives me the definitive version of scarlet and violet i'm half tempted i I, i'd seriously be half tempted but i think unlike scarlet and violet i would wait to see what all the reviews said first yeah see i think if they were going to do something like that they would definitely have to do a platinum where it's a case of we're going to change the story up a little bit we're going to move well, I'd say yep. move the gyms around, but just give them scaling. Mm-hmm. Give them scaling and I'll buy the game again. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the ending of the game would have to change. But they've set their world up in such a way that that's really easy to do. Where you play through the world where Sado Orturo gave their book away. Yeah. Because spoilers for anyone who has not played the end of Indigo Disc, but we're going to be talking about the epilogue later anyway. So obviously... Um, you get Sada and Turo's copy of the book. They get they give it to you, mm-hmm. which means that that doesn't exist in that world to shut down the time machine when that happens. Yeah. So, how does that play out then? Is there a different off switch effectively? Or can it just not be turned off? And in which case, you've then got a world where, okay, the protection, uh, the Paradise Protection Protocol kicks in, fully materializes, takes over the AI professor, he, he or she crystallizes fully, and now Paradox Pokemon are being pumped out, and they're going to start running amok across Paldea. So you've now got to go and get hold of... Terrapicos mm. before even going off to do the Blue Bear Academy stuff you've got to go get hold of Terrapicos to shut it down so Terrapicos becomes your main legendary yeah oh okay so you know what actually when, when you were saying all that I was thinking about A the naming convention of Scarlet and Violet and I don't I think you struggle to get one Pokemon Staly? Mm, yeah. Like the Staly type, that could work. But I was going to say, I'd go Pokemon Paradox, personally, and it would be a case of, like you say, oh, this is Scarlet and Violet, but lean more into the Paradox side of things of, no, no, time's all skewy now because of the events that have happened. And it's it's not so much a loop, but it's like, okay, this is the, your timeline's a straight line, and now you're back at the start of that straight line, but that straight line isn't straight anymore because things have changed, causing paradoxes. Now that a bit, so 
kind of like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, where they had the base game and then just went, okay, let's move things around and change the story slightly and add a few things. But I'd want to see them go... I'd want to see them delve even deeper into it. So honestly, like I could see it being a case of, oh, Area Zero? Well, you've been down here before, so you know what to expect. So we're actually going to put you down here at the start to kind of set up the story and what's actually happening and realizing that, oh, I, there's some things that I need to do and possibly tie more into Ogapon's story and what's going on in Blueberry Academy. I'd like to see it tied in a little bit more. Um, and I'd like to see the Paradox Pokemon tied in with the story a little bit more rather than just, okay, you get down to the bottom. Oh, there's a few Paradox Pokemon and the Professor uses some. I'd like to see them take a greater a greater role in the story. And honestly, the, one of the ways you do that is the Titan fight. Like, you go to your first Titan fight. Oh, there's a cloth. Wait. Why is it not very big? And then all of a sudden you turn around and there's like another Titan Pokemon that is huge. And you're like, oh, okay. Straight away you realize, oh, this is a reimagining of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's story and timeline. I can see that working quite well to get people enticed into it. Because It's more likely imagine... that we'll get Let's Go Johto than this, but... More than likely, yes. Agre- agreed, agreed. Um yeah i i think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do for the the first pokemon game on a switch successor are they going to play it safe and go yeah let's let's go with something like let's go johto with that same kind of art style as let's go pikachu and eevee um with no real new pokemon outside of maybe you know something similar to maltan um and play it safe while they get used to the tools that they have available. Um, it's going to be... I, I, I am really curious now as to what Game Freak does, because like we've said before, elements of the Switch era felt very much like they were just experimenting. Um, and I, I, I don't want to see more experimentation in the Switch 2 era. What I want to see is honing what they've already got and going, okay, this is what did work, this is what didn't work, learn your lessons from it and apply that to the next few games that come out. I don't want a load of experimentation. I think between, you know, Let's Go, um, Legends of Arceus and Scarlet and Violet, I think there are elements of all of them that if you pulled them together, you would create a really good Pokemon game. And I think that's what I want to see. I don't think that's what we'll get, but that's what I want to see. Yeah, when you mention it like that, I guess Sword and Shield was the only real by-the-numbers Pokemon mm. game we got on the Switch. You know what, actually, yeah, no, there, there is an element of Pokemon Sword and Shield that I, I do like, but the reason I didn't really bring that up is because we kind of got, we, again, with Scarlet and Violet in terms of the race. Sorry, what I, I meant was Scarlet and Violet oh, okay. had the... Scarlet and Violet introduced open world. Legends Arceus had the new yep. catching mechanics. Let's go had yep. the new catching mechanics. Sword and Shield was the most vanilla out of the Switch games that we've had. No, it really was actually because if you, I think the only thing the only things that were slightly different are the 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 open area that you get in the wild area. That is a, oh, that yeah, is true. it. 
which, but that's just a tiny little aspect of that. And they developed on that. The DLC, which had never really been done before, but again, they did that with Scarlet and Violet. Raids, again, they did with Scarlet and Violet. Um, Dynamaxing is just the gimmick of that generation, but I completely agree. Like, when you look at the all the games that have been on the Switch generation, and I'm discounting BDSP because it wasn't made by Game Freak, but Sword and Shield is the most kind of, like you say, paint by numbers. We've done this dozens of times before. Let's do it again. Just, you know, with more modern graphics and a few little, you know, online functionality that we haven't had before. Yeah, you make all a good point with that- raids in the wild area. I had kind of forgotten mm. about those, but... The reason I didn't really bring them up is because it was like they experimented on them and then did them again in Scarlet Valley. They obviously learned some things from them. Still think they learned the wrong things from the raids. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad you said Scarlet it. Valley's, Scarlet Valley's raids are... And you know what? I um, I was on Reddit the other day scrolling um, and someone started talking about the raids and uh, there was a lot of upvotes on this raid post and I was like... I'm glad it's not just me. And I know some people think that it's absolutely fine. Whatever, I can play them. But those raids are almost unplayable at times. Um, Anyway, uh, if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. Connor, should we we just jump straight into the epilogue? Yes. Okay. Um... Did should you have been find a movie. it obvious? Pardon? It should have been a movie. Should have been a movie. Okay. Go on then. Go on then. T- take it straight in. Let- let's jump in. Uh, the d- deep end. It's how how much of that did you actually play? Not a lot, actually. There was a handful of battles, a bit of running you had around. A f- you had a fight against the two random people. You had a fight yep. against Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. You had a fight against. Uh, Arvin and Penny, and you had a fight against yeah. Nomona. And, and a, a bit of running fight, around. Quote unquote, with Petra Run. Yeah. So you had five battles. You didn't run around. You flew. You flew from place yeah, to place. Yeah, no, you did. You did. Yeah. Yep. You had five battles. And it took me two hours to do five battles. Took you that long? Why did it take you that long? Because I'm a very slow reader. Okay, Which, fair enough. Again, yeah. is why it should have been a movie. Should have been a movie. Yeah. And you know, if we're what, moving actually, in this direction where there's this yeah. much story going on, you can't. I, I refuse to buy another Pokemon game that doesn't have voice acting. Oh, I've actually got a note on that because there are certain scenes in this where, like, I, I'm adamant that Pokemon needs to move towards voice acting. There are parts of the last couple of generations where voice acting, I think, would make scenes so much more impactful. I think this is actually one of them because a the humor from Mochi Mochi and you know that chicken dance like the like it was already a great scene. The actual voice acting would have elevated it. The what? <laughs> what were you pulling? I hated it I so it. much. <laughs> Come on, I'll tell you why I hate it, it. Okay. because yeah. the idea of this Pokemon being able to produce this food. Mm-hmm. That it just shoots at you. Yes. You swallow it. You have this really glorious experience, and then boom, you're under its control. There's no fighting it. Yeah. There's no, yeah. oh, I've got strong enough willpower to take it off. No, you are instantly under its control. 
that's terrifying. It and is. It should have been portrayed as such. It's and terrifying. I think somewhere okay, along the line they up. went, "Oh, we we we've got what could be a really scary storyline. Um, let's just make them do the chicken dance." So that, I it's, get that. Uh, that okay. it's it's not scary. And it just didn't work for me. You know, it, I don't feel like a Pokemon that just makes everyone do the chicken dance is the same Pokemon that's going to send its three mates to go kill a dude for the sake of masks. Do you know yeah, what? It, they, it just it, it yeah. contradicts itself. It's And I think this is part of Pokemon's problem, though. And, and I don't think it is just this. I think it is from as early as Generation 1 of because of the nature of the Pokemon, the Pokedex entries, and some of the storylines and characters, they have to straddle this really weird line of we can apply things that are scary and where if they were in the real world, it would be downright terrifying and worrying and world-ending, but it's got to be for children. And they, sh- they have to straddle this line, which, you know, I, I it, it's... You know, it's it's on Game Freak, like they're the ones that have put themselves in this corner. But I completely understand, and I think that is probably them going, like, say, "Oh, this is a really scary element," but but it's a children's game, and here's a bit. See, of I, I still stand it. with Don Bluth on this one. It's like scare your kids as long as they're a happy ending. No one cares. Yeah, yeah. No, I can get behind that. Yeah, they could have leaned a bit more into the horror element of this because that's ultimately what it was. This is like. This it's is invasion terrifying. of the body snatchers. Yes, it's absolutely terrifying. This is the fact that at first I thought, oh, it's just it's just producing something, and then it's up to the people that you know whether or not they eat it. Like when Grandma brings over some you know mochi, and it's like, oh, here I have some of this. And he's like, oh, if you insist, dear. And I thought maybe it's an ingredient people mix in, but then it's revealed later on in that cutscene of. Oh no! It produces them and then fires them at people. This thing could quite easily, on its own, take over the entire population of the planet, like yeah. quite easily. Because once it's just got two or three people, it's like, okay, take these out to your friends and family. Someone, someone's going to eat it, and I've got them. And, th- and like, you just, just start selling it, and, and then you just have the whole news talking about, oh wow, this really amazing new mochi from this company. Yeah. You should buy it. Like, it's actually terrifying. Um, But no, we ended up with Chicken Dance. We ended up with Chicken Dance. So, back to... Okay, so back to your movie idea, then. And I, I do agree to some degree on... You know, the... You know, one of the highlights of Pokemon animation and anime is it does give you that option to bring in voice acting and do things differently because it's a different different medium but let's say it had it been a movie and we didn't get this epilogue would you have felt like Scarlet Violet was incomplete I still do I don't okay. think this I don't think this did anything for me none of my characters are more fleshed out than they were coming into this I don't think meeting yeah. the meeting of our main trio and Kieran really had any impact outside of Arvin swinging a little bit, which granted was hilarious. He's my best friend. <laughs> Fair play. I really enjoyed that. 
everything else fell a little bit flat. You know, it just felt like, oh, at least just have an excuse to tell Nomono she's crazy again. Mm. I I think I I I think this had a labeling problem. I think calling it an epilogue was the wrong thing to do. Because it doesn't feel like an epilogue. It feels like a quest. Mm. It feels like this should have been this almost feels like a oh you've played and completed both pieces of DLC well there's this neat little quest that you get this like it almost feels like this should have been at the end of the the indigo disc and the epilogue should have been the going down finding Terrapagos and then the you know, giving the diary back to um, the professor, and it almost comes back full circle. I feel like that. I think mm. feel like there's a mislabeling problem, and they've kind of they've messed up the order slightly because this should have been almost a you've done the you've done Kieran's complete storyline, and now you find out you know almost the beginning of where Ogapon's journey began. You wrap up that. Oh, the epilogue is. Oh, we got you. You want to go back down into Area Zero and figure this whole thing out? We can do that. But the thing is, you say you find out where your Ogapon's journey began. No, you well, don't. <laughs> the only reason we know that is because they released a an animated show, an, anime. an animated video. Yeah, no, you, you, yeah, which you is are great. Right there, actually, and I think I'd have just had that. I'd have rather had that. And I can't believe I'm about to say this as somebody who has vehemently said over and over and over again. Stop making mythicals just mystery gifts. Okay. I kind of I could have just had this one as a mystery gift. Oh, I hard disagree Because I think, I... I think the animation sells me on Petrarant more than the game did. Oh, agreed. Yeah, you, you actually... You find out more about the Pokemon in a, what, five-minute video that was released on the Pokemon YouTube channel that breaks down its history, where it came from, why it does the things that it does. And this, and, and this actually, like, I, I'm start, I think I'm starting to see the, the, the I'm, I think I'm starting to see the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not strategy, but almost like plan of, of Game Freak and Pokemon of, okay, we need a game to release by this date. Okay, right, we can we can get a core of a game released by this date, but what about all the lore? What about all the all the backstory? Oh no, you've not got time to do that. Just just hint at it and we'll retroactively release some kind of video on YouTube that fills that in. And it really annoys me that that is the case and honestly, I wish they would just go, "No, let's give Pokémon uh, Game Freak a little bit more time and we don't get that YouTube video." Elements of that story are rolled into this. And it tells more of that story of, here's this Pokemon, here's the history behind it, here's your part in that story. You almost, by doing the epilogue and doing the video, you've got two halves of a story, and I'd wish that they just merged into one and included that in the game. See, part of me... Part of me really wanted this to be a time travel story. So okay. I think it would have been more fun. We've already introduced the idea that Terrapagos can take us through time. And we already have Terrapagos. 
Okay, you have to mm-hmm. in order to get to this point. So what if instead of just downloading the mystery GIF and walking up to that same um, vendor, you have Terrapagos in your party and you walk up to the vendor. Terap, you you have a look at that same, um, I think it is actually Petrarun, isn't it? That's what we I find think out, it is, is because it, is it disappears. Petrun. Yeah. <clears throat> so instead of it waking up in current times, it's still asleep. And Tarapagos takes you back. And then you're not even in Kitakami anymore. And mm-hmm. then you've got to go on that journey with it. Okay. You've got to go on the journey to, you know, you find out that oh, this thing's looking for something. We're going to help it because we're nice people. And we don't know what yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then True. on that journey, we run into Monkey Dory, Resendivity. Retainers, okay, yeah. And on that journey, we, you know, we fight them because we think, oh, it's Monkey Dory, Funky, uh, Fezendipity, and Okie Dogie. They're bad guys. We'll fight them. Oh, Petrant takes them over. Now they're not bad guys anymore. Oh, And okay. then we realize towards the end that, oh, we're actually, we helped <laughs> Ogre Pond get robbed in the first place. And you know what that's called, folks? That's a paradox. Like, it it just... Yeah. I think there's a lot more fun they could have had with this that sold me on Petrunt better than this did. Okay. Because at the moment, Petrunt is just a scared little weakling that overtakes people to do the chicken dance. And it's like, okay, cool. Okay. Okay. And he killed a guy, did he? Or he forced three three other Pokemon to kill a guy. All right. Yeah, all right. Again, it's like... And again, if it's got the power to overtake people's so minds, why would you why need to overtake Ogrebon? Yeah. <laughs> give the masks. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's really interesting, actually. Like, I, 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 I can understand all your points, and I think that your points are absolutely valid. But I still enjoyed this. Okay. And I still enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just a download. By the way, which is like, that's the one thing that does actually annoy me about this. It was like, okay, I'm ready to play this. And I'm just kind How of like, How do I get it? And my, <laughs> I went, I went, I sat to there that. waiting like, no, for my phone triggered. call. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was like, what am I doing wrong? So I was like, okay, I'm, in, I'm inside the, um, the Indigo Discs, like, um, actual. Not not the terrarium, the actual building. I can't remember what it's called. I was like, okay, maybe I just need to leave here and go back to Baldi. That didn't trigger it. I was like, what am I missing? So I, I actually had to look it up. So actually accessing the story isn't as clear as it could have been. Um I think I think it was I, I enjoyed the fact that we got more Kieran. You know, I I enjoyed the fact that we got more time between all the characters. I, I did enjoy that. I enjoyed, you know, it's like when you have two groups of friends and you bring them together, how are they going to gel? How are they going to get on? I, I enjoyed that. But I I admit that Penny Arvin and Nimona just don't develop in this. Carmine doesn't develop in this. We don't get Carmine's the... barely in it. Carmine is literally in it at the very end for, for two or three lines of dialogue. Like, where are the conversations between Carmine and, and Kieran that are like, you know, what happened? Are you okay? 
How are you feeling? Thanks, sis. Sorry for everything that I did. Um, you know, and I saw rumors leading up to this that, you know, this this Pokemon Petrarant Petra was going to be responsible for Kieran's behavior and attitude. Now, I am glad they didn't go that way because it robs Kieran of his agency and him being himself if he's under the influence of someone else. I always hate that kind of storyline where... No, I agree. Uh, oh yeah, he wasn't a bad guy all along. He was just being like, no, I, I, that's just lazy writing, in my opinion. Like, if you're gonna have someone be a bad guy, make them be a bad guy, and just give them a compelling reason why, in their mind, they're a good guy in their head. Like Kieran, he just wants to become stronger. I that's think not it necessarily is said a bad that thing. Uh, the see now this is the confusing bit because I swear I read somewhere that like the mochi amplifies the Pokemon's greed. Or amplifies the greed of the people who yes. eat Yes. Yeah. But that's not shown But in that's not what we saw. The game. No. The game is literally, it gets taken over. In some degree, it gets taken over. And the only time that we see that that isn't completely 100% accurate is Nimona, because Nimona still retains some of that personality to battle. Mm. She's the only one that kind of, okay, you can kind of, you can kind of see that. Um... I mean, I think one thing Arvin did, does as well. He says something, something said, funny. Yes, yes, yes. So it shows that maybe they're still in there, which actually makes it even more terrifying. If like in their head, like their body is being controlled by this unseen force, but they're they're trapped inside, like screaming because they're under something's control. It's actually terrifying. Um, I did like. Well, it kind of breaks down a little bit as well because in the video, we see that. Basically, Petrarun is has the Momotaro start to the story where it's a, mm-hmm. a peach that was found and this Pokemon popped out and was adopted by these two old people. They then eat the Mochi and come under his control. And yet they're the one asking him for favors. Yeah. Um, mm. So that's I'm what I mean. It's, it's supposed yeah. to amplify the greed. And he just wanted to please them. Again, this this feels but that's like not what said, happens in the game. No, this feels like like what I said earlier of oh, just hint at the law and then we'll retroactively fill it in. But Game Freak and the Pokemon Company are such big entities at this point that the the teams that need to talk to one another don't talk to one another, or maybe something gets lost in translation, or maybe they've got the the footnotes at the start of the process when they're creating this video, and by the time they crafted it, it's like oh no no, what we've put in the game is is different. And they just, well, we'll just release it anyway. Most people won't even care or know. It, it, and this is, yeah, part of my annoyance is like, just, just you know, Pokemon Company Game Freak, it's just so big of an entity that things start to fall away from them. It's a real shame because I feel like the epilogue just sums up what Scarlet and Violet has been all this time of squandered potential. Mm. of you finally do a mythical event and I enjoyed it for what it was but I must admit it just felt like a regular quest it didn't feel like an epilogue it didn't feel like you are obtaining some amazing mythical Pokemon it just felt like you say a couple of battles and a little bit of running around unless you decide to fly a couple of snappy and fun lines of dialogue you know I must admit I do like the the cutscene where 
it appears and it fires the the mochi and it hits goes in Arvin's and Penny's mouths and it was, it was the best eating animation we've ever seen in Scarlet and Violet. It was absolutely fantastic, and you know, don't know how they got the sandwiches mate- so wrong. <laughs> no right your character avoids it because of course your character avoids it can you even just get bops up bops on the head and i do like good. so you know what and I, I do like the fact that a lot of the characters felt still like they were so for example you know when they're trying to figure this out each of the core characters the way they kind of approach it is different so penny comes from a scientific perspective you know curses aren't real i believe in science which is amazing in a world filled with magical creatures. But sure, you've got Nimona who thinks, well, whatever's causing it, if we can battle it, we can beat it, and therefore we can solve it. And Arvin's just like, I don't really have a solution. I'm just here to help my best friend. Um, you know, and poor, Ar- Kieran's- poor orphan Arvin. Poor orphan Arvin. We're all he's got weapons. left. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got anything left. It's it's. Uh, we got. It's he's so got it, and, us and his dog. Yeah, and you know what else? I would have liked you know what i think they should have played this differently i think like the way they potentially should have played this is um you play it in a way where the pokemon you send out are taken over Mm. because it felt weird to me that oh i'm battling a trainer who has been taken over but their pokemon haven't been taken over so surely those pokemon would kind of go uh something's up here and you have it so that the Mochi is taking over the Pokemon as well. I think it needs that element. And I honestly feel like the way you then solve that at the end is you send out Ogapon. I fire the Mochi. Oh, it's wearing a mask. I can't get it into its mouth. Like the, like something as simple as that. And it would it would have worked. And it fits in with the theme of if you want something silly in Pokemon so it doesn't feel so realistic... But it still makes sense from a law perspective. That's how you do it. Yeah. No, I like that like, a lot. The, the, that's that's the way that you solve this. And I'm a little bit annoyed because one thing I did have spoiled for me was, oh, look what happens if you send Ogapon out against this final fight. I did that, and I was just so disappointed. It literally roars. It has a little bit of text on screen, and and that's it. Like that's the only additional. Oh, okay. I sent out Pheasantipity. Just, I was just curious. Will that get anything? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And sorry, Ogapon, I think gets a stat boost as well, but it didn't make a difference in the theme of the battle. Um, again, like it just feels like squandered, squandered potential. And I enjoyed this for what it was, but it doesn't feel like an epilogue. It just feels like a side quest, which. I wouldn't mind because I want Pokemon games to have more side quests for content to do, but don't advertise a side quest as an epilogue. Because this yeah. wasn't an epilogue. This was a this was a mythical quest to get a mythical Pokemon, which I'm all for, and I'm glad they're in there, but it's it's not an epilogue. An epilogue is something that wraps up the story. You like you've you've seen 99% of the story. This is almost the the happy ending, the happy ever after. And I don't think that was this. Yeah, I again, I like the idea. I like yeah. what they're aiming for. I don't think they executed it very well. For mm. me. Mm. And I'm not just yeah. a hater. I liked Blueberry Academy. Yeah. So the only thing, that, a couple of things that I just want to touch on is um, its ability 
if this thing gets into competitive, this ability is absolutely cracked up. Poison Puppeteer. So not so I think, and I've not looked this up just from in the gameplay, when it poisons something, it also confuses it. Like that is yes. absolutely busted. Um and again, that kind of I like that that ability kind of ties into the law of you know confusing people. And again, actually is it, that's another thing like we spoke earlier about okay, it kind of brings out I can't remember what you said now, like brings out the worst not the worst in people, but it amplifies feelings and emotions to kind of coerce people into doing what it does. That isn't what happens here. This just confuses which is different. Mm. So why didn't they go with something like, oh, the Pokemon's poison, but then also enamored or, you know, in love with, but something different that isn't in love with of its, oh, it's not actually going to attack Petrant because it kind of sees it as, oh, I'm under its control. And every now and again, it kind of can snap out of it and maybe land an attack or something. That might have been a little bit too broken. Yeah, um, I think if it had been something along the lines of, if you try to attack Petrarun, you attack one of the other Pokemon on the field. Yeah. Like, there's a chance, which effectively is confusion, but confusion only hits yourself. I think it would have worked really well if it could also hit allies and... Yeah. Basically, you just you have a 50-50 chance of not hitting Petrarun. Would have been really fun. It's fine. It's, it's, yeah. it's an alright ability. Um, It probably won't make it into competitive simply because it's a mythical and mythicals don't do vgc oh do they not okay no not usually because you just going back <laughs> because they were mystery gifts you couldn't guarantee that everyone could get hold of them makes sense yeah so by saying oh yeah mythicals are allowed you're basically just asking people to hack yeah yeah and this one's behind a paywall as well um well, a lot of the, Pokemon is so. Well, a lot of them are. Um, okay, so the 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 mochi chicken dance. Okay, you didn't like that. Did you like the music though? Because that thing has been living rent free in my head. I love that no, music. No, did you not? Oh, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't like the mochi chicken dance music because again, it was one of those that was just like this is this is too silly for this situation. Okay, and okay. It, it really drew me out of the game. What I did like was Petron's fight music. That was so good i need to go back and listen to that because i can't remember it now might have to go back and listen to that after we recorded this podcast what did you think of that as an actual battle as well because it was it was it was nothing i literally i i hit it four times i didn't think any of the battles in this were good considering that we fought namona again who slaps kieran in this yeah, so we know the rankings now. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even have to think. I literally just clicked A over yeah, and over again. A, a, and I don't know if that's because yeah, yeah. we're back to singles, but this just didn't feel like a follow-up to the Blueberry Academy quests, where I've literally just had to become a very really, strong, competitive-level yeah. player. Agreed. Quote-unquote. Yes. Yeah, this was just like, ugh, just breeze through it. And I wasn't even yeah. overleveled because I think Nimona's you know, Pokemon are like level 86. Yeah, they're quite high. You know what I would have actually loved for this? Just an aside, and I'm sure they can figure out a way to work into the story of Nimona and Kieran both being like, well, you couldn't beat him. You couldn't beat him. But what if we teamed up in a double battle? Could we beat him? Like, that is something I would have liked to have seen just to fully cement your character as like the ace. Okay, here's why I wouldn't like that. Okay. 
it means that Kieran is still chasing you. And Kieran's done with that now. True. You no, know, you're absolutely right there because Kieran kind of doesn't even really want to battle Nomona. He's kind of like coerced into, okay, this stranger's come and knocking and wants to battle and Arvin and Penny kind of like, no, this is this is her thing. Just humor here. She's like, oh, okay, right. And, and I kind of like you know, it that he loses to Nomona and he gets a little bit upset and he's like, wow, she's, she's strong. What's that all about? It's like, oh, she's a champion too. It's like, Oh, it's just a Paldea thing. We're just, <laughs> just not on your thing. level. <laughs> yes. Yes, apparently not. Apparently not. Also, I did like the fact that like there's a couple of call-outs in this where they just reference your main character's like story and the mm. fact that like when you recap the story of what's happened and they're like, oh, wow, you really have been busy. And then when you catch um, Petrant later on and then they talk about... And I think it just caught it like the, he does, it, like he does. Yeah, exactly. I love the fact that they just lean into that of like your character is basically like some messiah, some like chosen one in the Pokemon universe, or at least in Baldea, of can accomplish absolutely anything and everything, and is immune to you know evil, you know personality sapping Pokemon and everything. It, it's just. Oh, it's it, there's there's some when Pokemon when the humor hits it hits well and again if it just had voice acting it would just hit that little it would just elevate it wouldn't it? I think again sorry I liked what they did with these characters I wish I wish there was more of it mm-hmm. and I wish this wasn't like by the way we're done now um because I, I again i don't feel like a lot of these characters are wrapped up although we did get to see penny talk to her dad which was lovely i've missed that went what she's on the phone to her dad when oh. they arrive at the gates and yes. it's very very much hinted that we now know who her dad is who is it it's um uh peony Peony is Rose's brother, the guy from the Crown Tundra. What? Because they're on an adventure. Oh. Because she says, come on, Dad, nobody says that. Nobody says adventure. <laughs> Hold on, so that means what's her face is her sister. Um, what was her name? Peonia? Yeah. Yeah, so you t- we took Peony, Peonia, and Penny. Yeah. Which is weird because she's then the only one who's not named after a flower in that family. Mm. And for those of you out there, because I know you exist, who can't understand how a dark skinned man can have a light skinned daughter, it's called, it's, it's called mixed race, guys. It happens. <laughs> It's genetic. genetic, I I have family who are half Jamaican, half Irish, and most of them are just white. (laughs) Like they just, (laughs) they just look white. I'm sorry. It's It's that's how it works. All right, get over it. Definitely. Also, I've just looked up um, this theory that Penny's father is is um, Peony. Um, There's a post on Reddit a year ago, so this isn't something new. I think this just like further cements that. So I heard about this theory when like. A couple of days after the game came out, I was talking to Toby, uh, Birdkeeper Toby, about theories of the game. And yeah. I told him I was going to do a like my Galar video, all the all the references to Galar. He was like, oh, you're talking oh, about yeah. Penny. I was like, yeah, because Penny's from Galar. He was like, do you know who Penny's dad is? 
I was like, who? He was like, Peony. And at the Ooh. time, I was like, I, do, I don't Monster. think you know don't that. that. I don't think okay. there's enough evidence to show that. Shows me what I know. <laughs> and I think Hybrid absolutely. Hero came up with that one. Okay. I want to say off the top of my head, but yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I love that. Okay, I've, I've got this save. I'm going to be reading this afterwards because I want to know a little bit more about it. Um, yeah, anything, anything else you want to discuss about the epilogue or just Scarlet and Violet as a whole because it feels like this is Scarlet and Violet is done and dusted and you know what uh, I feel like I feel like the pieces of DLC that we got are better than Sword and Shields in a way that kind of it feels like it's complete where Sword and Shield always felt like it was missing something to just wrap everything up well, you don't think the All-Star Tournament wrapped it up? No, I, I don't fully. Okay. But am I missing something there? Because that wasn't that just loads of double battles? Wasn't it, was it, If I missed something at the end of that, I, mean, I need to revisit that game. No, 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 no. But I felt like that yeah. was a nice closing to what Galar was, what Sword and Shield was, which was a True. more league-focused. It was like, okay... We're now going to do the All-Star League. I don't think there was a better okay, way to do yeah. that. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. But at the same time, like we didn't find out anything more about... Do we find what happens to Rose? I know I know, Peony mentions it a, a little bit about... But I don't think they go into Not great really, detail no. what happens to all these different characters. I need to go back. I, I think we're going to do that this year, aren't we? We're going to go back and play... gets arrested, and then that's kind of it. That's it, yeah. Mm. Do you know that man's so, going to a white collar prison? So, he'll oh, be he'll fine. he'll he'll be absolutely fine. He'll love it. You know, three meals a day, gets to watch TV, play video games, gets to go to community visits to local city. He'll be he'll do fine in prison. And then he'll come out and get a top exec job somewhere. Um, yeah. So that's it. Scarlet and Violet. It's done. It's dusted. It feels absolutely crazy that. This has been our life for so long. And what's going to come next? I guess we'll find out in a month's time mm. what is going to be coming, if anything, this year. I still maintain we're getting something this year. Um, Almost definitely. Yeah, just what it is, who knows. Um, I think the fact that they called this an epilogue, I mean, technically it's it's a advent, uh Treasures of Area Zero epilogue. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you could call something an epilogue and then continue. No, I I really don't see how they do. I honestly feel like this wraps up the questions and speculation I've seen about are we getting more DLC? I think this kind of firmly cements that no, we're not getting anything else. Now, Scarlet and Violet is done outside of um, Raid Raids. Raid events, maybe a handful of mystery gifts of, you know, there's a competition going on, celebrate the competition with this Pokemon, this Herba Mystica free pack. I, that That is, I think, all we're going to get now, between now and... Not, probably not even when the next game comes out. I think we'll... I think whatever game comes out maybe later on this year, Scarlet and Violet's online community will continue much like sword and shield still going strong 
uh, I think. Of you can still do raids. You can still well, that's about all you can do really online. Trade trade and battle, you can still do that, I think, in Sword and Shield. Um That's about it. Like there's no new content and sort uh, Scarlet and Violet feel like that's that's where we're going with this now. We'll we'll get a handful of raids of oh, if you're playing Scarlet, then you can get these versions that aren't available and vice versa. And I think that's all we're gonna get now with this. It was, it was a ride. It. it was it was definitely a ride, wasn't it? It was definitely mixed with ups and downs. Ooh, I just hope they learn the right lessons from this, folks. And <laughs> I don't think they will. Asking a lot of game freak, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, we are. Apparently, should we move on to Pokemon Concierge because it's rare that I watch something. And I would consider it a work of art. Like, oh, beautiful. This, if you, okay, honestly, right now, if if Pokemon Company came out and said, listen, money's tight, we're stretched. Do you want season two of Pokemon Concierge or a Pokemon game? I think I'd take season two of Pokemon Concierge right now because this thing was absolutely phenomenal. I fell in love with the characters, the the. Pokemon in terms of a just giving them again personalities, but also just the look of them. Never before have some Pokemon looked so cuddly and so full of life. Um, I honestly like folks. If you haven't watched Pokemon Concierge, it will take an hour, actually less than an hour, out of your day. Um, and it's and just it, comfy. It, it, it's it's, a, it's so a comfy, comfy. show. It like, really I've, is. I, when I was feeling ill, I sat down to watch this, and by the end of that hour, I was in tears. Yeah, I was just sat there like I, I'm just, I'm just sitting here crying. No, I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. Everything's great. I just, I just feel comfortable. It's, it's just so, it's so nice. It's so nice. Let, let, what I want to do, if it's all right with you, I want to jump like episode to episode, just kind of. Mm-hmm. What are the key points from each of those episodes, and what are the things that we did and, and didn't like? And I appreciate you watched this like two weeks ago, was it? Yeah. Okay. So episode one starts with Haru, who basically has had the worst week in her life. Her bro- boyfriend broke up with her. Her best friend quit the job that where they were together. She stepped in Gorm not once but twice. She broke something. I think there were seven things that happened, like just to cement, like this is the worst week ever. So Haru just goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm dusted. I'm going to this. I'm going to work at this hotel. And her job is literally just to make the Pokemon there happy. Like, yeah. what a job What a job to have. And you know what? Her manager is the best manager ever because she turns up on day one and the manager doesn't go, no, you're doing this, you're doing this task, you're doing these boring things to learn. No, just goes, no, just go and enjoy the resort for the day. Go and go and learn what we're all about and just goes off and enjoys it. She meets with Tyler, um, Elisa, and then her supervisors, uh, Watanabe. And I love that the fact that they did... Uh, when they introduce these characters, Tyler is this like kind of surfer bro. How's it going, dude? I just think I'm gonna hate this person. Then you meet Elisa, who is like you know this mean, mean kind of girl, and you know she's like got an angry face on it. Both of them are just there just to help out and be friends, even though they have that initial. I think it plays on like that those kind of tropes in TV shows and movies of. 
or you know who you're getting with these two characters, but then just break those tropes of, you know, they're both just really nice people who have come to this island for the same reasons of, it's just a, it's just paradise, and you just get to live a really good life and just make things better. I got that same kind of energy of, if you've ever been to a festival, mm-hmm. you'll know the festival energy, where it's like, you can go up and talk to anyone. You can mm. just have yeah. random chats. You can be like, oh, can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? And everybody's just there to have a good time and nobody wants any hassle. And you feel it. And it is just a different kind of energy in the air. And you can sit down with people who you would never, ever associate with in day-to-day life. Yeah. And you go, no, I want to, let's be friends for the weekend. Yeah, And it's got that kind of feel where it's just a case of like, yeah, you're right. Surfer bro would do my head in in the real world. Yeah. But this isn't the real yeah. world. This is the yeah. Pokemon Resort. So everything exactly. is just chill. Just absolutely fantastic. And they mentioned that the resort isn't isn't your typical resort. You can get trainers. You can get trainers Pokemon that they leave there. You get wild Pokemon coming in. And they just all intermingle. Like, shout out to the five-year-old that has a Metagross. Like, I was just like, wait, what? This kid's just got a Metagross? Okay, fine. Um, anyway, the episode ends with Haru falls asleep during a massage. And um, she suddenly starts to panic that, oh, I'm like... I think she starts to realize I'm maybe in over my depth here and I need to kind of impress them. So she builds a report on personal work policies, shows them, and Watanabe's just like, well, no, 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 no. Like, no, we don't do that here. Like, this is just a nice, relaxing place. Don't worry about that. Your job is to just go and, like, make Pokemon happy. So she goes and reflects on the beach. She meets Psyduck, and that is the end of episode one. And the thing is, it's ep- such a good message for today, where it's a case of everything is go, go, go all the time. Yeah. Every, you know, everybody is constantly thinking about what everybody else is thinking about them. And yeah. that's just kind of the world we live in, you know, with social media and things like that. That is the world we live in now. So to have a show that its message is like, calm down. All you've got to do is be happy and make other people happy. That's your one job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the and thing is, is, the stakes are so low throughout this entire show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like I like that one of the one of the key themes of this series, the, this these four episodes are like like if you can't figure out what you're good at, that's fine. Just have fun. Like just mm. figure out what makes you happy. And I think like a lot of people need to learn that of like you know, you're not going to be the best at... It, chances are you're not the best at anything. Chances are there will there is somebody out there that is better at you and something. But that's fine. That's okay. Like, as long as you are having fun doing the things that you want to do, then... And it's... it's you know what? It's the same with us with this podcast and YouTube channels of... They haven't got the best subscribers. You know, sorry, best subscribers. They haven't got the best We got great subscribers. subscribers. We got great subscribers. I won't say they're the best. We got great subscribers. But the fact, but the, the fact that like Maybe not the most of know, them. Maybe not most of them. Or you haven't got the most watch time, or you're not making much or if any money from them. But when we come on and record this podcast, I have an absolute blast and I go away with a high. When I pump out a video and I'm like, okay, I'm really proud of what I've done there. It doesn't matter if it doesn't get like a billion views. I've still had fun and I've had a good time. And, and that's it. And again, it's that world that we live in where every hobby has to be a hustle. 
Yes. Every hobby has to be a side hustle. Everything has to make you money. Everything has to give value. And like, again, as somebody who isn't well and spends a lot of their days like in bed, not able to move, it, it's something I struggle with is thinking I have no value to give. I have no worth because we live in that world where, you know, monetary value is value is the way that we unfortunately fall into this thing. So the idea that like, oh no, if you can make one person happy, that's all you got to do is make one person happy. Job done. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you do it? By doing whatever you're good at. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's such a beautiful it, show. It, re- it really is. It really is. And that theme is throughout the entire four episodes. So episode two, just to sum this up really quickly, mm. you know, she tracks down this Psyduck who... Um, Harry's kind of having this this crisis of, okay, my job is all I've got to do is make Pokemon happy, but I have no idea how to make Pokemon happy. But then she spots the Psyduck again, she builds a connection, and then she helps the Psyduck to develop its psychic powers through a couple of, you know, silly mishaps and everything, which is, fan- you know, some hijinks. It's fantastic. And Psyduck seems genuinely happy. Um, episode three is titled I Hope I Can Evolve Too, which is fantastic because it relates back to Haru's like, oh, okay, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm developing. Um, and it just goes through, you know, how am I going to make Pokemon happy? And there's this there's this pathetic little magic carp that can barely even swim. Just like, how do you make a magic carp even saying more? Which a lot pathetic, to be a pathetic magic carp. Magic carp. Like, it's got this ring and, you know, there's some usual hijinks. The ring comes off. We, like, the, this floaty. We get to see magic carp cry, which, again, like, that and the fact that the, the sound it makes just makes it sound even, like, this is the most pathetic magic carp that there is, except for it has a star on it. It has this little birthmark, has a star. And later on, you know, after Haru goes through this, you know, trying to retrieve this floaty only for hijinks to happen and Snorlax crushes it and trying to fix it, she fails to do the thing that she wanted to do, which is fix this floaty. And yet what she does brings happiness to other Pokemon because she decorates this floaty and other Pokemon come along and she's like, oh, you want this too and it's it's just that great message of even though she failed at what she was doing it still bought enjoyment and fun to other pokemon um it's just absolutely fantastic and then episode four hang on just on that note there is a there is a really odd reading you can make of this though because magikarp evolves at the end yes and magikarp very often evolves into gyarados when it's really angry (laughs) (laughs) so it gets so annoyed that haru didn't bring his ring back after she promised that he evolves but then it's fine because he can swim anyway because he's a character so So it works out because it does have that look of like when it evolves it just like has that shot of like you know what you'd have with like godzilla or any monster movie of she's there and it's just like rises up in front of it and you just realize the complete scale of the creature and honestly like reading into the way you've read into it that thing could have hyper beamed it right there and then could have gotten away with it um episode four so pikachu just so many pikachu because of course pikachu has to be in in any series that it's in and there's one trainer uh the there's a trainer with one of the pikachus and just wants it to be 
just wants it to be louder because it's on. It seems really unhappy, quite timid, and wants again, to be this more ha- Pikachu, more Pikachu, just like not just. I want to say grumpy. Grumpy isn't the right word, but it's like it's just like it's so insular that I think it's it's just maybe it doesn't know how to come out of its shell. And mm-hmm. Haru tries what she does to like you know, try and make it louder. And honestly, I thought this episode was going to end with, oh, we failed, but at least Pikachu had a good time. Yeah. Which I would have been happy with. I think I would have been happy with that than what we get of, at the very end, Pikachu is then noisy shouting Pikachu as it leaves. And I'm like, oh, both of them work, but... The thing is, I think we do get that ending where it's a case of like, no, Pikachu doesn't need to be that. Pikachu can be whatever it wants to be. If it wants to be shy, if it wants to be quiet, this Pikachu is perfect just the way it is. And we shouldn't try and Mm -hmm. force it into being something it's not, which again, leans very heavily into this whole thing. Haru is trying to prove that she's, she has this worth. She has this value. She can, you know, (laughs) it's that Japanese mentality in joining the workforce of, oh no, I've got to add value to my company. I've got to be good at what I do. And it's just like, slow down and just be you, and you is the best that you can be. Like, and we will get the most out of you by you being you. And we learn that from Pikachu at the end. And as you say, it goes off on this boat. And I think I like the idea that it's not it's not big, it's not loud, it's not vocal for the sake of it every time. It's just a case of this is now the only way I can express quite how much what you've done means i don't think Mm. this pikachu is going to go on now to be boisterous and running around and being friends with all the other pikachu every time it shows up it's going to go back to being quiet and reserved but in that Mm. one moment it just it wanted to it wanted to be loud and because it had been allowed to be itself for so long you know as (laughs) There are, I have a lot of autistic friends who uh, face this kind of similar thing of like, they sh- you, you think they're shy and reserved. They're not. They're the biggest, loudest people in the world, but they can't, they can't show that. Yeah. So th- when you allow them to be themselves, that's when they can become ex- extroverted to the biggest extreme. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of what we saw. It's like, oh no, I've let you be yourself. I've let you be shy. I've let you be calm. We've had fun and we're good. To show my thanks, I'm going to be as big and loud as possible. I thought it was beautiful. And again, that was the point where I was like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's so nice. And Haru Just, cries and her tears look great. And this whole show yeah. looks amazing. It looks phenomenal. It looks so good. Um, And like... Some of the Pokemon, like, this art style suits some Pokemon so well. So I'm thinking of, like, um, the the monkeys from Gen 5, Pample, Pansage, mm. and Pansier. Like, they have never looked good in either the art or games, in my opinion. And they just, they just look so basic and boring. And yet this visual style, they look phenomenal. They look absolutely amazing. That kind of, like, theory felt kind of... Luke, which some of the Pokemon have. Some Pokemon have the um the more um clay play-doh kind of mm. look to them, which again works really well. Like Mudkip looks phenomenal, like looks so good. 
The governance. What I love is they don't. They don't lean into the idea of like, oh, what would this Pokemon actually look like? This isn't, um, yeah. you know, uh, Detective Pikachu yeah. movie. This isn't them going, oh, well, a Dragonite would be scaly. They go, no, Dragonite's a big soft boy. So yeah, we're going to yeah. make him feel like a big soft boy. And that's that's what I really like about the designs is you get more of the feeling of the Pokemon than the yes. realistic look. Yes. As you say, yeah. Gyarados is imposing. Hopip is this squishy little boy that you just would have gone yeah rah, 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 rah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and as you say dragonite's a big soft boy like it's so wonderful and the animation in it is special i think oh, these yeah. are some of the best animations we've ever seen for pokemon and seeing the breakdown of uh mm-hmm. the netflix show that they did a little behind the scenes and you can see the producers and the creators and the artists behind it say like no we we know that you know, stop motion can feel a bit stiff. So to bring these Pokemon to life, we really had to give them personality. So yes. there's they were talking about how when Psyduck moves, he's off balance. Yeah. Because it just gives him that little bit of a derpy look to him, which is great. And yeah. <laughs> Psyduck is one of my favorite characters in this. Oh, he's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Like there are some great personalities in this and how they bring so much personality to bundles of fur and clay is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal um and you can tell that the creators of this a i think had a load of fun but also were allowed to just let their creativity and passion shine through and it really does shine through because you can tell how much love they've put into this and one of the things that stood out to me is in the behind the scenes interview and they say oh yeah we we looked at some of the items and like how would they be different in the pokemon world like watering can wouldn't just be a watering can it would be something themed around water pokemon you know and they 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 said in the behind the scenes like how many items there were and can you find them all and i really do want to go back and just have a look to just to see what items they've gone okay well it's not just a lamp because it's in the pokemon world so it would be based on you know pikachu or magnemite or you know whatever it might be it's just the just the love for this and you know i i hope i hope that people go out and watch this and i hope that it gets the viewing figures that allows them to do a second season now if this is just a one and done season i'm okay with that because it is just it's it just stands on its own but I think we would be missing out if we didn't get a second season that could, again, focus on, okay, what's what's the positivity element? What is the nice message that we want to deliver with a second season? Um, and just a show that you can put on, you can switch off, and you can just like just breathe a sigh of relief and go, oh, this is this is just nice. Yeah. And 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 uh, I'd love another season. Yeah, phenomenal. we've been, we've talked a lot about uh, sort of the spin-off animated shows like Hisuian Winds. Uh, no, wrong. Hisu- Paldean Hisuian Winds. Hisuian Snow Hisuian and Paldean Snow, Winds. Yeah. And Twilight Wings and things like that. Yes. And they're all great. And I think this is, if not on a level, might be better. Yes. You know, I... I a no, very, I a very different yes. vibe. Different. Yeah. You know, those are very much more game-based and are more about 
you know, ex- exploring the world of the games more in depth. Mm. Whereas this is just, oh, let's just have fun with the Pokemon world, which is kind of what I've been asking for for a long yes. time. Of like, can yes. I just see what people do in the Pokemon world with Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Now that I have watched this, I can understand why it was included in. Was it Pokemon Presents? Mm. It was in. It was in a wrap up of loads of Pokemon things, and at the time, it felt a little. Yeah, why is this in here? It doesn't feel like it stands on its own. But now that I've seen it, I can completely understand why they went. No, we're including this in here because it's that. It's quirky, unique. It's got this great message behind it. And the creativity and the passion shine through. I can completely understand why they 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 included it in there, and I'm glad they did. Otherwise, this might have passed us by. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, big question for you: Did you watch it subbed or dubbed? Uh, I watched it dubbed. Okay, how did you find that? Fine. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. To be okay. quite honest, no, no, no. Right, but so I. I went to go watch it, and I was watching it in English to begin with. Yeah, and what I found was the lip flaps were just not matching up at all. No, they don't. No, you're absolutely and right. And usually, there, they when don't. it comes to like anime, there's a special there's a special writing technique that they use to make the lip flaps match as best as possible, and mm-hmm. it means that they'll change the dialogue and things like that and get the main point of the dialogue across, but not the words. Whereas this was, the words were more accurate. Um, I think I flipped back and forth a couple of times and they seem to be saying pretty much the same thing. I think one or two words here or there, but it's one of the closest direct translations we've ever had. Um, But again, there there was really not a lot of effort made to match the lip flaps. And I don't know if that's a limitation of the stop motion. Potentially, yeah. But what i found was i swapped over to subbed and just found it more appealing um but that being said this is one of the first pokemon products i've ever been able to do that with yeah because netflix is just like it's all built in choose from a dozen languages but even any other pokemon series when have you ever been able to watch it in japanese without going to a sketchy site yeah exactly no no you're completely right there yeah it was really nice to be able to go oh i'm gonna watch this in the original language and it being available that needs to happen going forward that needs to happen going forward if pokemon horizons comes to netflix it needs to have the japanese dub did uh did journeys have it no i don't know did he not no strange because it exists so why would they not be, I think it's a licensing thing. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to double check mm-hmm. now, but I'm pretty sure. He's oh. a Googling. He's a Googling. I'm not even Googling. I'm just straight on Netflix. Oh, um, <laughs> right. Okay. No, you can Fair listen other. to it in Portuguese, Italian, French, Spanish, or Arabic. Czech, huh? Dutch, German, Hebrew, Portuguese, Spanish, Latin American, but not Japanese. Please. Why? Very strange. Very, yeah. very strange. Go and watch it if you haven't already. You will absolutely love it and let us know what thought of it. Connie, anything else before we wrap up another week of the Golden Rod podcast? 
Uh, no, I think that's it for me. Hopefully that's next the week show. I'll be alive. <laughs> He is hoping. That's the show for this week. If you've gone this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? If you uh, before you go, as always, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're watching on YouTube, then please leave a like as it really helps out the podcast. Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoen Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoen on Twitter. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya. See ya.